Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Spencer and I am the student pastor here at N. Uh, at NCC, I almost said NYC, that's our student ministry, new youth culture, and, uh, and we're so glad you're here. If I haven't had the chance uh, to meet you like again, I'll be back at the Welcome Center after service, so please come by and uh, allow me the chance to get to know you. But this morning, I will say that uh, Pastor Aaron is sick, so if you guys will be praying for him, he's at home, uh, you know, everything that was inside is now coming out, and so uh, we talked about as a staff, maybe we'll, we'll post some pictures, you guys can guess what he ate this week, but then they said that was a bad idea, so... Um, but you guys be praying for him. He wasn't feeling good this morning, uh, and so we just want to cover him in prayers. Uh, but before we get started, today is a, a special day, and we actually want to recognize some people in the room because this week is Veterans Day, uh, and we just want to acknowledge anybody who has served, is serving in, in our military. So if you have served in any branch, if you would stand up, uh, we just want to recognize you right now. Man, that's right. On behalf of the whole church, we, we thank you guys for what you've done and for the service you've given to us for our freedom and, and what we are allowed to do here in America. Man, uh, I just want to say America, you know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, along with freedom uh, as a nation, man, this morning we're going to continue our series, The Tipping Point. We're going to talk about financial freedom. Um, and so last week, Pastor Aaron brought some, a couple heavy things, talking about the finance of the church and what's going on, and, and so many of you were so great to come up to us and say, man, we're on board, we're praying, and we're excited that you guys are all in, uh, that you're ready to continue and go with the mission and the vision that God has placed on us as this church of making people and places new. And every single week we talk about this idea of making people new and making places new, and so much of that can, if we allow it, hinge on finances, right? And so as we begin to look this morning, um, we, we were talking about freedom, and I just thought of a little definition there of financial freedom, what that means, and this is it. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write them down, but financial freedom is this. It's realizing God's protection and provision over our finances. Realizing God's protection and provision over our finances. I like this because this word realizing isn't, um, isn't something where you're where you're saying it, it is always true to everybody at all times because it takes you making a decision to realize that he's there. You know, and some of us today, we need to do that, and that's enough. You could go home and be like, man, I need to realize that. I, it's been too long for me to sit here and go, well, God will never help me. That's not the case. God wants to help you. He's for you. He's fighting with you, and you just have to realize that he's there. And so um, we're looking this morning uh, at, at a couple different uh, parts of Scripture, but I just want to start off looking at uh, Matthew chapter number 6, verse 21. And you can write that down. It's not on the screens this morning. Uh, but it says this. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Many of you have heard this, this passage before, uh, but I think it's so crucial to what we're talking about in our finances. Because it's so true in every area of our life. Wherever you put your money, your heart is going to be there. I, I thought about some of you as parents. Man, you, you'll pray, or sorry, you'll pay for private school because you think that's like the best thing you can do for your kids because your heart is for your kids, right? Um, same thing with like club sports. We'll pay outrageous amounts of money. I remember uh, hearing somebody's mom say that they paid for cheerleading. It was like this exponential amount. I was like, can't you just do that like at home? Like you don't need to do that, right? Um, but no, we, we care about things, and when we care about them, lots of times our wallet shows it. Right, And so as we look at the things uh, that we, 
that we spend money on, as we look at the things that we are passionate about, we definitely see a correlation there. Um, even some of us for, for the cars that we buy, the homes that we want, all these different things, it reflects our heart. And so we want to evaluate this morning what our hearts look like. And we're going to do that by looking at a story in the book of Genesis. Um, and if you don't have a Bible this morning, there's one under the seat in front of you. That's our gift to you. Um, and you can look there. It's, we're going to be on page number three in Genesis chapter four. But just a little bit of history in case you don't know. In the beginning of the Bible, we, we know of a couple, Adam and Eve. And we find out that through this, uh, this walk with God that they're having, that they have some troubles, just like many of us, and they bring sin into the world. No pressure, but you ruined it for everybody, right? Um, so Adam and Eve, they, they mess up, and they're disobedient to God. But there's actually uh, a, an area of their life where they do remain obedient, and we're going to see that right here. Uh, in Genesis 1.28, God says, be fruitful and multiply. And all the married people said, amen, right? And so uh, as we look here at Genesis chapter number 4, we see that Adam and Eve are being obedient here. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in, cha- in chapter 4, verse 1. It says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife. And that word knew uh, was not just an emotional n- knowing. It was a physical knowing as well. So uh, Adam knew his wife, Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord, or a son. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flocks and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Now, that's, that's the, the portion we're going to look at this morning. So we see Adam and Eve have two sons, Cain and Abel, and one of them works uh, with the flocks and with the animals. One of them works the ground. And there's a minute detail that we're missing in this little passage of Scripture that we can see why God's heart for one of them is different than the other. Because we say, man, they, they both gave to God, right? They both have given something. But somewhere along the line, we know that God had called Adam and Eve to give of the first fruits. And we know that in our own lives, that he's called them. And we don't see that specifically there, but we know that because of what one of the brothers brings, right? We see um, it's in verse 4. Abel brought, it says, the firstborn. Emphasizing on the emphasis on the firstborn, right? It's the, the first fruit. And so many of us... Uh, it, we, uh, we see that and we could have just passed right on not realizing what that meant, but God had called his people, Adam and Eve and their descendants, to bring the first, not the last. And that's where uh, we're, we're seeing Cain, he just brought some fruit, all right? He just brought some kind of offering to God. And, and for a couple of us, that would, be, that would be okay. We could be like, yeah, we, we gave something, but that's not complete obedience. And as we're working on a, uh, a balance in our life, as we're working on being financially stable and, and trusting and being obedient to God, we have to realize that even in the small areas of our life, uh, we have to be faithful. Even when it's uh, under a microscope sometimes, if we're saying, well, I do most things right, God's saying, man, I want all of you. I want everything. I want it all to be right. And so um, we don't see the specific instructions from Adam and Eve, but, but me, as I read this, I go, man, I already see a problem. Being a, a student minister and all this kind of stuff, I'm going, 
parents, Adam and Eve, what were you doing? Why do your sons not know the difference, right? And so we could learn a lesson just right there going, raise your child up in the way that they should go. Raise them knowing the knowledge, right? Um, but what we're going to look at is we're going to look more specifically at the heart. And we see this, and you can write this in your notes. What you give shows where your heart is. What you give shows where your heart is. And what we can do is we can evaluate where our heart is by looking at where our money goes. And so that's what we're looking at here in this story. And, and we see that what you give shows where your heart is. And what Cain gave shows where his heart was or maybe was not. Cain's heart was not for what God had called him to be, right? And Cain is angry and, and God tells him, listen, this is pretty simple. This is pretty simple. Do what's right and you'll be good. Do what's wrong and it won't be good. And so many times in our lives we feel like maybe there's like a, a shadow or a curtain and we're going, God, I just don't know what's right. If you don't know what's right, man, I, I encourage you, dig into the word of God because there is our map. There's the roadmap to show us what is right and wrong. And then you can ask God. And here, obviously, Cain, he's saying, God, like, why are you not taking mine? And he says it very clearly, right? In verse 7, if you do well, you will be accepted. And if you do not do well, then sin is crouching at your door. And so um, Abel brings the first. Cain brings uh, the last. And the difference between these two things is that we see the time that they give it, right? The win in the scenario. And what we, uh, what we kind of realize is delayed obedience is really disobedience. And that's what God is saying here. De delayed obedience is disobedience. I, so often growing up, you know, I feel like every kid has done it. Hey, go clean your room. Okay, I'll do it. Like, I need to finish this TV show. I need to finish this game. I can't pause it or, like, the end of the world will happen, right? If you got kids, you know that's true. Um, and, and so many times we, we tend to put off those things, and God's saying, hey, if you're not doing it when I'm asking you to, then it's disobedience. It's wrong. And so we see that in, in Cain's heart. And I would ask you do, you, do you have anything like that in your heart? Are there areas where you're going, okay, God, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, but I'll do it in my time when I'm ready. You know what? I, I have to pay my bills first. You didn't know this, God, but, you know, I got this bill for my house. And I got this bill for my, for, my, for my car. And, like, all these bills are piling up. And, God, I'm assuming you don't know because I don't have enough money here or whatever. And we tend to go, okay, God, whatever's left, after I do all my stuff, then I'll take care of you. You know, almost like a tip at a restaurant. You know, I'm going to get all this stuff, and then, you know, if it was good, God, if I had a good day, if it, was, if it was all right, here you go, here's a little bit. And God's saying, man, that's so wrong. That's so wrong because I'm calling you to be obedient. I'm calling you to do what I have made you for, right? And so we need to ask ourselves that. Where is our heart? Do we sit there and go, man, I worked for my money. This is, this is all the stuff that I've done, so I should get to use it. When in reality, man, didn't God give you that job? Didn't he give you this day where you can live and you can go work and you got, you got feet that can get you there and you got a car, you got all this stuff and God's going, cool, look, I'm providing for you. Show me that you can be obedient to me. And so this isn't a bank account issue. This is a heart issue. It's not about what's in the bank. It's about what's in your heart. And when you begin to get that right, then you begin to get right with God. And God says, man, I'm going to provide. Don't worry about that. You may not know where that money's going to come from, but I have got it. So what are you giving? Are you giving what you want or what God has asked. Um, in the story here, we see that, that Cain, he kind of decides to do things his own way. And I'm assuming none of you know what that's like. We all are exactly in line with the Bible every single step, right? No, we all make mistakes. And so what we see is Cain starts to get in this, this attitude uh, of, of maybe like a no or a later, right? Like, eh, maybe, or I may do that. And it reminded me, I've got a, a niece, and there was a certain time at every young age for a kid that they learn everybody's favorite word, no, right? 
Every single kid at some point learns that word, and it doesn't matter what you're talking about or how much they really want it, they're going to tell you no, right? They're starving. They haven't eaten in like three days. Wait, no, no parent does that, right? Um, they haven't eaten, and you're like, you want food? No. And they're like, ha this is great. You want to go to sleep? No. Uh, no, no, yes, no, like everything is no. And that's kind of where Cain's heart gets. He gets to, to the thing of going, you know what, I'm going to do what I want. So God, I know you're calling me to purity. Eh, no, like I'll do that later. I know you're calling uh, me to be a better husband, a better wife. No, like that, that'll happen, but I got to get some other stuff done first. And that's where Cain's heart is. And this delayed obedience that we now know as disobedience. And God's calling him to something greater, and he keeps saying, ah, no, that's, that's not right. And what we've got to be careful of and what Cain soon finds out is that as that happens, sin is getting more and more uh, into your heart. It's beginning to master you. And as you begin to take on selfish desires, those things begin to take control of your life and they begin to lead you to sin further away from God. And so um, what happens is, is it sets us up for failure. As we begin to disobey, as we begin to, to put ourselves first and put God's plan behind, um, it begins to take us further away from his plan. And selfishness sets us up for sin. You can write that down. Selfishness will set you up for sin. And we're going to see that here in Cain's life as we look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. Um, but, but he's already into this, no, no, I've got this, God. And so Cain says this, or, or it, this is what it says about Cain, chapter 4, verse 8. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and he said, uh, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel, and he killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? Now, I'm not saying if you don't, uh, if you don't give or you don't tithe, you're going to become a serial killer or anything like that, right? That's, that's kind of like Cain's specific thing there. Um, but we see that something in his heart begins to change when he starts worrying just about himself. This selfishness begins to allow sin to come into his life. And what he was unable to give out of abundance, he begins to take from others. He wasn't able to give out of the abundance out of his first fruit, and now he's beginning to take from others what's theirs. He's taking his own brother's life, and it's a sin that came in all because of selfishness and disobedience to what God really called us to, which was generosity. To have a heart that was trusting of him and knowing that we're supposed to be obedient to God in everything that we do. And so uh, Cain has already showed us his heart, that he's taking care of himself first. He just cares about himself. He just cares about what he can get out of it. You know, how, how can I get that promotion? How, how can I get more money? I want that newer model car. I want the, the big house on the lake. I want all of these things. And, and God's going, man, your heart is so wrong. It's not about you. It's about what I created you for. And so... Um, because of, of Cain's selfishness, sin comes in and begins to get a stronghold in his life. It begins to hold him down and take him further than he wants to go. And he couldn't give out of the abundance, so he had to take from others. And this is where we realize that, that giving isn't for God, it's for you. Giving isn't for God, it's for you. First off, God's bank account is not low. He's not thinking, how am I going to pay for chilies after service? God's got plenty. You know, like, if you read the Bible, he's got cattle on a thousand hills. Every, like, he's got plenty, way more than enough. What he wants is your obedience. He's called you to be obedient. He said, hey, I've given to you, and out of love for me, I just want you to be obedient. 
Now, for some of us, that is our tithe specifically, and that's saying, you know what, I am called to give the first 10% of my check. You know, whatever it is, I'm going to give it to God, and I'm going to trust that he's going to take care of it. For some of us right now, obedience is in what we're doing, who we're around, the way we're treating our coworkers and our wife and all these different things. And God's saying, just be obedient, be generous, don't worry about the other stuff, I'm going to take care of it. But when we begin to be selfish, when we begin to look out for ourselves, things seem to go wrong. We start missing those bills and we start missing money that we're going, God, I have to have some, so I guess it's not, I can't give you anymore because it's got to come to something else. I've got to give to something else. And God's going, listen, trust me. Trust me, give me that first stuff, and I will take care of the rest. I've heard story after story about um, people finding random checks in their mailbox that covered the exact amount of their electric bill that week because they were faithful to God. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody, but I am going to say God's going to provide for everybody. Becoming a Christian and going to church, that doesn't mean that everything is like rainbows and butterflies and the world is so easy and everything's nice. No, nowhere in the Bible does it say, like, your life becomes bliss when you become a Christian. It actually says lots of times that it's going to be a little bit harder. Why? Because it's not about me, it's about somebody else. I know in youth ministry, we, we deal with some kids every once in a while that we call the EGR kids. Those are the extra grace required kids, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and, we, and we deal with these sometimes, and, and it's very easy. And if you have kids, if you've worked with kids, you understand this thing where at some point, you just can't handle it anymore, right? And you're just like, I can't take it, what do I do and over time, we've worked with, with our staff and with our leaders and all these things to say, you know what, if you begin to pray for that person, your heart will change for that person, right? As you begin to be generous with, with how you feel towards them, you're not going to be frustrated. You're going to be passionate about seeing them grow. And God's saying, man, be passionate about who I am and who I've called you to be. And guess what? Everything else will begin to roll. It will all begin to work because you're being obedient to me because your heart is changing. And that's what generosity does. It changes your heart. It changes your heart. And that's what Cain was missing, was that heart change. Him and his brother Abel, so different. Abel willing to give anything, his first fruit of everything, the best of the best. Because he knew it was obedient to God. And Cain was worried solely about himself. Generosity changes your heart. And when you don't give generously, you're going to suffer in selfishness. You will. You will always want more. You will always need more. And nothing will ever be enough until you realize that all you need is God. Now, this isn't one of those messages where you're like, man, cool, I don't have to pay any of my bills. This is great. All I need is God. No, not that at all. God will take care of you as you're obedient to him. As you're obedient. He's with you. He's for you. He wants the good in your life. But we see that in Cain's life, as he's disobedient, the further he gets away from God, the more his life begins to be cursed. His life is in shambles. He's killing. His selfishness has led to sin. His heart has been displayed. And God's saying, stay away from that place because I want your marriage to be blessed. I want your finances to be blessed. I want you to go to work and be a blessing to the people around you, but it requires obedience to me. It requires submission and saying, God, you're in control. I give you my life. God, you're in control. I give you my finances. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where the next meal's coming from. I don't know how I'm going to fill up the gas tank, but God, you're in control. You're going to make it happen. Because honestly, what, what can we do? There's not a lot that we are in control of. And so we just say, God, I surrender to you. Everything I got, it's yours. Help me. Help me to be wise with it. Help me to be obedient with those things. And we see that 
in, in Cain's life, it was cursed because, because he was not generous. Giving breeds generosity and blessing, but being stingy breeds curses and brokenness. And I, and I believe that God has such a plan for each and every one of your lives in this room. I believe that he has plans and purposes for your life. I believe that he has placed you in a place where you can be a witness to those around you, that you can bring joy to a places that are full of sorrow, that you can bring life to places full of death, that you are the light and the darkness that Christ is in you. But it requires from us to surrender to him. It's us saying, God, it's yours. I give it all to you. I trust in you completely. And so, so as, we, as we look at, at our heart, once again, that, that passage in Matthew, chapter number 6, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Matthew 6, 21. This morning, I want you to evaluate both of those, really. Man, where am I spending that money? Because when you do that, you will begin to evaluate your heart. You will begin to see what you're putting in front of God if you're not being submissive to him and saying, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm giving you everything because we do want this balanced life, this, 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 this place where we want the tipping point to be on the side of God's blessings, not on the side of our brokenness. And so we want to we begin right now to surrender to God and say, God, let me, let me look at myself right? Let me evaluate myself. Let me evaluate where, where my heart is because we don't want to be like Cain. We want to be generous in everything that we do. We want to be uh, givers abundantly, everything. Um, somebody was sharing with me there earlier uh, that there was this lady that, that she wanted to give, but she had nothing. So what did she do? She started going into her house, finding the decorations in her house and giving them. The blankets off the wall, she would hand them because she wanted a heart that was generous, a heart that was like God, and it didn't matter how much she had. It didn't matter what it was. She knew it wasn't hers. She knew she was God's. And so this morning, as we talk about giving, the first thing that I would say that God's calling us to give is our life. That God has called us, he's created us for a purpose, to be his son, to be his daughter, to live for him. And I want to ask you, just everyone in this room, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, because I want to give that opportunity, if there's someone in this room that doesn't know God, I want to give you that opportunity this morning to give him your life. The God that created you, that knows the number of hairs on your head, that, that has a purpose and a plan for your life, wants to know you personally. He wants to be with you. and He wants you to live in blessing. So he sent his son, Jesus, down to die on a cross for your life so that you wouldn't have to suffer through that sin, but you could live eternally with him. And so this morning, if you're saying, I want to begin that relationship with God, maybe I've never known him or, or I've walked away from him, and now I want to start that relationship with him. I want to give him my life. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you right where, wherever you are to stand up on your feet and come up to the front, and I want to pray with you this morning. Awesome. Praise God. You guys, come on right up here. give one more second if there's anybody else in this room this morning I'm, I'm going to pray with you guys y'all can look right up here at me act like nobody else is here today starts a new walk with Christ a, a journey with him your creator the one who made you and he's got purpose and plans for your life and it starts with being able to give him
your life, everything, saying, God, I surrender to you. And so we're going to say a prayer. I'm going to say it, and if you just repeat it after me, everybody in the room is going to repeat it. And then we've got some guys that want to talk to you, all right? So let's bow our heads, and everybody in the room, you can repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins and help me to be obedient to you. I give you my life and everything that you've made me to be. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate right now, man. We're so excited about what God's doing in your life. These guys are going to talk to you. They've got some steps for you. Man, praise God. Praise God. Yeah, you can follow right there. Thank you. Man, how exciting that is. Each and every one of us hopefully have had that moment where we accepted Christ and we said, God, I give you my life. Everything I am is yours. Maybe some of us have forgotten it. So this morning I'm going to pray with you, and I would, I would ask that you would pray also as, as I pray over you, that you would say, God, help me to examine my life. So often as believers, we, we allow the little things in our life to slip by. We allow the the small areas where we're saying, man, I'm not doing too many things wrong. You know, I've got the majority of my life in the right way, but, but God's saying, man, I want all of it. Because when you give all of it, I've got everything to give to you. When you trust me with everything, I'm going to bless you with everything. And so this morning as we pray, man, in what way is God calling you to be generous? As you check your heart, as you, as you say, God, check me. Is there any area of my life that I know isn't, isn't right with you? Is there an area where I've put other things before you? I've thrown you in the back seat and I've worried about my agenda. I pray that you would evaluate that in your own life and say, God, I want to be closer to you. For those of you that say it's not a financial thing, maybe it's a leadership thing. Maybe God's calling you to lead people in this room that need your help, that need a role model, need somebody to look up to. God has you here for a reason and he has something for you this morning. So let's pray together. God, we thank you. We just, we first off celebrate the new life in Christ that, that so many people just decided to take. And Lord, we just, we say thank you for the opportunity that we get to be your son and daughter. Lord, that you've forgiven, of us, forgiven us of our sins. You've accepted us no matter what we've done. And God, we just pray right now that we would be able to give back to you, that we would have generous hearts, that we would realize you called us to give the first because we have to rely on you. We have to trust in you and give up the control in our own life. And Lord, we don't want to be like Cain in the story. We don't, we don't want selfishness to come in and, and to begin to lead us to sin, but we want to walk upright with you. We want to walk in the purpose and the plan that you've created us for. So I pray over each and every family that's represented in this room. Lord, I pray for blessings over their lives. I pray for financial blessings and for miracles in areas that need be miracles. I pray for new jobs that need to come. And I pray, Lord, that each and every family, that if it's, even if it's finances where they need to figure out how to make a budget, God, that you would put the people in place. Lord, you'd help them to realize that you are here for them and there is nothing too big or too small for our God. And God, we love you and we thank you. We give you our lives and we surrender to you. We say, use us. Have your way. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your, your name we pray. Amen. Amen.